1: trouble scott farrell is calling the shots from the sideline we're gonna make fun of people we're gonna hurt people's feelings it's farrell on the bench i believe in whipped cream with everything all right i'm already dropping things that's all right as long as i don't break them i'd rather drop them than break them farrell on the bench gigging with your boy Carver High from the Forella Palatial on a Tuesday night. I'm watching your boy Tupac Shakur Stevenson fighting right now on uh, ESPN. I'm watching him. Uh, we've heard all the comparisons to uh, Floyd Mayweather and... Everything else. I got to tell you, he's carving this guy uh, Caraballo up. I think Caraballo came from, uh, you know, I know he's Puerto Rican and he was uh, living in Patterson, New Jersey for a long time. He's about 11 years older than this uh, kid Stevenson and Stevenson is the deal. He uh, he cuts like a knife. I mean, his punches are precise. He just rips and just lands. I mean, he is just absolutely carving this dude up like it was Thanksgiving and just landing shot after shot. He knocked him down in the first, and now they're in the fourth. I can't even believe the guy's still standing up, to be honest with you, because between the combination of uh, body shots and shots to the head, I mean, he is just absolutely working this dude over. I mean, he is just beating his ass. I mean, the guy's throwing some hands, but and he's shoving and trying to get into the fight, but he's already lost the fight. The fight's over. Uh, also, uh, Reggie Bush getting back in the good graces of USC. I think his 10-year prison term is about over. So... In terms of uh, having to stay away from USC and and the school, you know, disassociating itself from him—that's a big word at this hour. I got to tell you, I'm just glad I got it out clean. Uh, Carver High is going to do the show with me all night. We got Mark Berman of the New York Post coming on. We're going to talk bad about people with the Knicks for like ten, twelve minutes. It's going to be impressive. It's for on the bench, late night. I know you're with us. Dig it. Hi, right, Pharrell on the bench with you. Uh, so, uh, Carver High is with me, and he's telling me uh, reports are surfacing that uh, there is a Pharrell chat going on on the, uh, I think it's the YouTube Sports Grid Radio uh, page. Is that about right?
2: That is correct. It would be on the YouTube, uh, the on the Sports Grid Radio YouTube page, which is where you are watching, uh, streaming on the show right now. I was in there last night while you were doing the show. Uh, plenty of people hanging out, having a good time, uh, talking about the show. Good stuff.
1: So that's almost like the uh, forella Pub right there.
2: Yes, that could be the new forella Pub. Every night from 10 to 12, you go to the Sports Grid Radio YouTube uh, chat room, and you watch the show, and you hang out, uh, crack a couple beers at home, whatever you want to do, and we'll have a good time.
1: Do you think people are actually – um, smoking liquid reefer pens or actual thumbs? Real, live, smelly, <laughs> house-wrecking, mother-in-law-wrecking, you know, just straight, just chronic-smelling reefer. Do you think they're on the liquid or on the real deal? Holy field. I,
2: I think that when you're talking about a Tuesday night here, a little early June, summer's coming in, I think you're doing right. real
1: deal tonight. You got the real deal happening oh, right here. We got a situation. <laughs> roger, roger, We got a. We got a fatty candy. Roger, Roger. <laughs> roger. All right. So tell your friends about the Ferella uh, Pub Ferella chat room on the. Uh, YouTube Sports Grid Radio page. I can't even believe I got that out right. <laughs> I just can't even. I'm doing all this raw dog style. I have no idea at all what I'm doing. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine 843 6879 is the phone number. You're going to want to get a tattoo on your girlfriend's thigh right there, like on her like leg or forehead works. 844-843-6879. If you want to uh, call in and talk to Uncle Futrelli round 6 I cannot believe the brother from um, Patterson New Jersey is still standing with some of the shots he took Oh he just took a shot to the onions And
2: didn't you oh. say he got knocked he got knocked down in the first round this guy the guy from Patterson He got knocked
1: down first round he got rocked I mean he and is fighting
2: the next he is fighting the next Floyd Mayweather so he's got to be Str- careful
1: how funny is that that the guy's, you know, 13 14 fights into his career and Floyd Mayweather uh, oh he went down again, a body shot. Haymaker, 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 well done with a headbutt. Oh, he got him clean too with a body shot and he just absolutely dropped. And I don't even think uh now the doctors looking at him. I think that they're calling it the money punch. That would be a lot like the uh, money team. <laughs> He's finished. That guy's done. Do you have it on? You have, it on. you have it
2: on. I'm huh? way. I'm way too focused here. We're. Get, can we wait a couple of shows before I start turning the television on while we're trying to do the show here on a on a weeknight at ten o'clock? Let me get myself like, my bearings here for a couple nights, and then by next week, yeah, we'll throw the TV on while we're doing the show. Okay.
1: I'm going to get 34C to strip in here for me. So I'll have, like, a stripper pole going. And then I got I got games going. I got fights going. Uh, I'm thinking about a little uh, – we could have, like, a little section for dice. You know what I mean? Like, in the corner, we'd have a little dice game going, a little run some numbers. We could have all that going tonight. So Shakur wins the fight and just battered this guy with body shots and head shots. I mean, just absolutely – Killed this guy, and it was like he. It was literally like watching him go to the gym to just uh, train one morning for 45 minutes on the bag. It was like he got more of a workout on the bag than he did the guy from Patterson, New Jersey. Caraballo got raked, and and he got he was literally not as effective as a as a punching bag at the gym where Shakur gets a, a way better workout. But he just nailed him with a like a liver shot. I gotta see this shot. Oh, that's the booze shot to the liver. I gotta see the other one. Here we go. Oh. oh. That is right in your nads. Like right in the liver nads. You're Leave done. Out. Just out. You're done. Like he couldn't even if he went out drinking tonight at the at the strip club or something, he'd have a um He'd have a sore liver when he was, like, drinking. If he was sipping some Henny, he'd have a little – he'd feel uh, like a swollen liver when he swallows. So when it goes down into your liver, he'd feel sore liver. It's like too many pills, too many drinks, too many everything. Then you get a sore liver, Carver High. <laughs>
2: And and sore livers, you know that that's gotta hurt. You know when you got the sore liver going, uh, it's just not something that you want to be involved in. I mean, you liver ever have... Absolutely not. No chance. You're,
1: you're not, not a liver guy.
2: No, I so, am not eating liver.
1: So the other day, I have to tell you what happened to me. So uh, you know, Kathy O is a legend around these parts with her, you know, shenanigans and everything, drinking and such. So. Um, she, she had her buzz on, right. She had like a little, I think she had a wine buzz going or something and, and they cooked some fancy pork dinner or something. There was a, there was like a pork loin. There was something big going on. And then she rolled out this bucket of, she, she told me to carry the bowl of sauerkraut to the table. And then it was like, you know, the, uh, kind of brownish, uh, it's kind of a copper looking, uh, you know, sauerkraut. It's like copper, it's not red, it's not like, you know, purple, it's none of that hardcore I, I didn't, stuff. I
2: didn't know that it had different shades, I didn't know there was different shades of it.
1: I mean, they have like certain kinds now, they got like, you know, uh, at Thanksgiving, they bust out the cranberry stuff, and there's you know, all kinds <laughs> of, you know, different <laughs> colors, so this is more of a bronze, like, uh, sauerkraut, right? So I'm not a fan of uh, sauerkraut, so uh, she said to me, like she often does, she'll bring up the sauerkraut at, at meals or, or something. She'll bring out the big bowl of sauerkraut. And she'll be like, are you going to try my sauerkraut? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm cool. I, I don't need any sauerkraut, Kathy uh, O. I'm good. I'm cool. And then she said, uh, you know, she'd say it every time. And then this time she said, are you going to try my sauerkraut? And I went, As a matter of fact, Patio, today I am going to eat your sauerkraut. So I made a giant pork sauerkraut sandwich with a large Italian uh, baguette roll, right? So I took the baguette, and then I put a couple of giant slabs of, of lamb or whatever it was. It was like a pork, you know, loin or whatever. And I took the slabs of it, and I put in the middle of it, I filled it with sauerkraut. Then I let her look at it, so she knew that I was going to bust it off. For the first time ever, I was going to eat the sauerkraut, <laughs> and I, I ate the whole thing. I ate the entire sandwich, the whole kit and caboodle. And sauerkraut. You made her happy. You and made her I made happy. It, I made it through. I'm all right. You made right. her
2: happy too. You made her happy.
1: Oh, she started drinking after that like you wouldn't even believe she just had it all going. She had the minute uh, she saw that the sauerkraut had been enjoyed by more than just herself, because I got I got five or six people at the table every night here. And then when no yes. one eats it, you'd think you'd get a clue, right? But she just keeps. It out, God, right? she, gets, she keeps just rolling. Keep
2: Fire, firing it in there. Just keep firing it in. <laughs>
1: She keeps bringing it out and then no one eats it. So I finally gave her some de- I gave her a little dabble. Do you? I was like, what up kid? I'm going to eat. The sauerkraut." the I got to tell you, it wasn't that bad, you know? And then, and then the conversations uh, shifted Carver. I, you wouldn't have believed it, but they started talking about uh, why don't you eat more sauerkraut on your hot dogs for real? And I was like, Oh, now we're going into the Vienna dog, uh, you know, village. Now we're gonna start talking about real hot dogs, real Chicago Vienna dogs. And you want me to have sauerkraut on my dog, Cover? I What do you put on your hot dog? Do you just roll with like a mustard, or do you roll into some some of that French ketchup stuff?
2: I go absolutely nothing, plain, dry.
1: Just a dry hot dog. What could be worse than that? That's like being in um, like jail overnight. They give you a hot dog with no ketchup and mustard? Like, what's the point? I just don't even understand. All right. Uh, Pharrell on the bench. We got a lot going on tonight. We'll talk about Richie Bush and people spending cash for players.
3: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, for on the bench. We have a great writer on, an old friend of the show. He's been on my show over the years. Uh, I've known him for a long time. He's fantastic. It's great that we got to snag him tonight. We got to get him uh, Carver High. Don't you think we got to get this guy on the TV show? I mean, this is unbelievable that we have Mark Berman from the New York Post, and we haven't had him on the TV show yet. I mean, uh, Vicaro's gonna start making fun of him when he does like a drive by by his office at the at the newspaper. How's it going, Mark?
4: Hey, Scott. How are you? Has Vicaro been on recently or?
1: Yeah, he was he was on and and the whole thing started and I was like we got to get Berman on and the whole thing it's just been a lot of back and forth and and this is your chance to shine but we got to get you on the TV side too we got to get everybody exposed get the, uh,
4: the computer uh, working back yeah I'll, I'll definitely do it uh, uh, at some point uh, maybe awesome. when hey, so- start playing basketball
1: yeah, you're telling me. I play more basketball than uh, the Knicks do and the NBA. I have played basketball – Every single day – well, I play anyway every single day of my life. But I played every day since that pandemic started. I shoot millions of jumpers in my drive-by. I have a basketball court or whatever. And then on Saturday, I actually went and played against human beings. I went out and played outdoor street ball, like in the city, Mark. And I was able to get a game going. And uh, we played about five games. It was 90 degrees. Everyone was soaking wet and attacking one another. And uh, at this point yet, I have not died yet of the hanta.
4: That's uh, fantastic. You're probably sharper than uh, 80% of the NBA players. Uh, most of the NBA players they didn't have hoops in their driveways and they had to have teams ship them hoops to start shooting. But that, those training camps, uh, they desperately need those camps to get their shooting touches back. But you know, you could jog and you could work out with weights and but if you're not shooting, like you were shooting, uh you know, it's going to be a long road back for these guys in the retraining process.
1: I think so. I mean, I shoot for at least a mile or two every day. I just shoot every every shot in the in the bag. You name it, and I just haven't. I, I, I experienced what they're going through: not being able to play, not being able to run, losing their burn, losing their bodies. Some guys losing all kinds of weight. Some guys, I'm sure, losing muscle. But what I want to lose is. Uh, to be honest with you, Mark Berman, is the entire roster of the Knicks, except for, first of all, the other day, Randall. I can't understand that. I don't care about contracts and money. He's the only guy that can put the ball in the hole. I want him, R.J. Barrett, and Mitchell, and then you can get rid of the rest of them, the whole team.
4: Yeah, uh, Randall took a lot of heat, uh, but his numbers were terrific in the final two months. He, he played much better. He finally got accustomed to his teammates, and I know the chemistry wasn't great, and some teammates thought he was over-dribbling, but he put up numbers, and they were starting to win games down the stretch, and it was because Randall was putting up massive uh, double-doubles.
1: Why would they? You tell me. You know uh, more than anybody about the Knicks. What is the deal? Like, I watch every game for 20 years, so I'm with you, right? And explain to me, I, I don't care what the public thinks at all about this. I hear all this, Randall, oh, they got to trade him just to get something for him before he leaves and all this other nonsense. Oh, he's too old. He's. I'm like, too old? The guy is in the prime of his career, Mark, and he dropped, He could drop 25 a night with his eyes closed. Why would you get rid of a guy that, that does all of your scoring and that is still in his prime and you put the right pieces around him you finally win some games
4: well it's not prime he's early in his prime he's like 25 years old probably turning 26 uh i mean the, the contract i think they're worried that in 2021 uh they want the massive cap space because they think you know the greek freak is coming to new york but i think learned <laughs> you can't I depend on anything. The Knicks are not the draw anymore. They're not their free agent destination. I just think that Randall has room to grow. He was a little disappointing from the three-point line. Last season in New Orleans, he really improved his three-point shot, and there were times this year where he was really off, and I think he finished 25% from three. But he scores in so many other ways, and he does move the ball. He, he did get some assists. It's just there was some turnovers. He, he took a lot of heat. You're right, Scott. I think he took – he was like the scapegoat. And and defensively, he's not a great defender, but he's not terrible. You know, he's, he's average. He's not a rim protector. But, listen, the guy is a double-double machine, and I think it's been taken for granted. I mean, honestly,
1: uh, this guy. It, listen, I play ball every day. If you got guys that can fill it up, you roll with them. It's just that simple. There's no. You give him the, the rock. Like
4: the next, yeah. I mean, the next. Well, have I mean, no I was not.
1: You know, one guy, uh, Mark, I saw shooting a lot and I saw the uh, footage of him was Mitchell dropping threes. He looked like uh, Durant, even though it was a dream, but he actually uh, was shooting threes from downtown. And I was watching this going, you got to be kidding me. He looks like a guy that actually has been working on his game. And I think they have a real gem in this guy. If he can evolve into something special is another story. What do you think of him?
4: Yeah, listen, he's a building block. Listen, uh, the high school coach from New Orleans uh, i kind of friendly with, he texts me a lot, and he claims that Mitchell was shooting three-pointers in high school and making them. He's not a bad free-throw shooter, so it's a confidence issue. What happened down the stretch, uh, I mean, teams were really laying off him, and he would get the ball from 15 feet out, and he wouldn't even look at the basket. It, it was, you know, he maybe took two jump shots all season, three jump shots at most, uh, I think next season we're going to see that growth. I think he realizes it's time to put that into his repertoire. He's doing all the other things. He's an alley-oop machine, great offensive rebounder. He's just got great timing with blocking shots on the defensive end. He's got a lot of stuff going for him. And if he could get that 15-footer and they don't lay off him, I mean, that's going to be a nice weapon. Listen, if you could add the three-pointer – you know, that's gravy, but I just like him to shoot the 15 foot jumper when they're laying off him. And that would really help the offense. And uh, I think we're going to see it next season. Do you think, uh,
1: when you saw RJ, uh, after he was injured, whatever, and then he came back and then you hit that wall where you're not, you know, you're playing a maximum of like 33, 34 games at Duke, depending on how far you go in the tournament, et cetera. And then there's that wall, that pro wall where they're like, oh, my God, I'm playing in my 55th game or my 60th game or, or uh, so on and so on. Did you sense that he was soft after that wall? Or do you think he's got it in him to play every night and stay healthy and, and grind and, and be a man?
4: Yeah, I thought he fought through it. I think he hit a wall and then he he kept, you know, Fighting. He's, he's a strong kid. His body is way beyond his years. He's 19 years old, but he looks like he's 23, 24 with his build. Listen, the disappointing part of RJ's season was his three-point shot and you're a shooting guard in the NBA, in this new NBA, you got to be a little better three-point shooter. But he scores in a lot of different ways. He's got that scoring mentality. He's got great confidence. He was getting to the basket, and he's very wily and crafty. And, and he could move the ball, too. Uh, there's a nice future there. Whether it's an all-star future, I'm still not sure. I think he's got to become a better outside shooter. But he loves basketball; he really is a gym rat, and I think he's going to get better from the three point line and also from the free throw line. He struggled in both areas at Duke also, so we kind of knew that going in and he's a good defender, and he 's a six foot seven shooting guard who rebounds great for his position there's a lot there again, you got Mitchell and you got r j and Randall could keep improving. I think you got three nice pieces there kevin knox is the biggest mystery
1: right now yeah no doubt respectfully i got two minutes mark uh covering dolan is the gift that keeps on giving for you and then uh how do you feel about the way they he the business of msg handled the whole um you know uh george lloyd situation and the way it finally came out today how how was your feeling about that
4: yeah, you know, Nixon media relations. I mean, they're a disaster. And listen, James Earl is not racist. I mean, he hires front office executives, African Americans, Steve Mills, Scott Perry. The top five executives were black. But it's just the the tone deaf. Once his employees were asking him, "You should do the statement." Why? Why would he have to be so stubborn about it? Because he is stubborn, and the next thing, maybe the only team, also we haven't had a player, a coach, or an executive talk to us since March 11th. So media relations—they're terrible. But I think deep down, James Dolan has showed that he's, you know, a man who is willing to hire. You know, anyone that's going to help him win basketball games, he doesn't see color. But it's just a terrible job with public relations, and he once again looks really bad coming out of this.
1: And and 10 seconds you got. Is it Thibodeau? That's the deal?
4: Uh, Heavy favorite. Unless John Calipari all of a sudden changes his mind and says, give me the job, Leon. He loves Leon. They've known each other forever.
1: I would love to see John Calipari coach the Knicks. Uh, honest to God, you just said that to me. I almost fell over. I didn't even think yeah, that no. was a possibility. You just you have now made me almost fall over at the end of this, Mark Berman. You're the man. It's great having you on. We'll catch up. We'll get you on the TV side real soon. Thanks so much for spending some time talking about the Knicks with us.
4: All right. Thanks for that, Scott. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: See you, buddy. Uh, Mark Berman with the uh, New York Post. What would you think of that, Carver? Huh? Did you hear what he said? John Calipari and the Knicks.
2: There is absolutely absolutely no way that John Calipari is leaving Kentucky (laughs) Uh for any NBA job.
1: Zero. Unless uh, Dolan pays him double what he's making in Lexington, and then he can work for his boy, Leon Rose. You know, and then Pharrell gets Cal in in New York City at the world's most famous at the Mecca. A little Cal down there on Pharrell on the bench. I got him. There you go, for all on the bench. I'm looking at the, uh, I don't know, they got the whole Bubba Wallace thing going on ESPN right now where they're showing footage of, like, the infields, right, Adega and other NASCAR tracks. And, I mean, there's just, like, it's no joke. There's, like, thousands of Confederate flags flying at these races still. I mean, these people, if you even ask them to do it, I mean, they're going to shoot them. I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, what'd you say to me, boy? I mean, I'm telling you, I've been to these races. These people are nuts. I mean, you do not mess with these people. (laughs) They will, they'll put you in a cooker. (laughs) They will turn on the fire. You think I'm kidding? Like, I just saw it and I, I'm looking at it and it is, there's, uh, they're, they are not having this. They'll get rid of the flag. We said today on the show, get rid of that uh, Confederate flag. That's the problem. And that's what Bubba Wallace wants. And it's, we said, basically it's the most racist sport there is, I don't care what anybody says, like go to a, go to Dega in the spring or summer race and you'll see some racism at the highest level. You think I'm kidding? Like, I am not making this stuff up. You know, it's true. And that Confederate flag, they're not getting rid of that either. Good luck. There's millions of them.
2: Yeah. Like I was telling you this afternoon on Coast to Coast, I I don't, you know, get ingrained in NASCAR enough to know how many Confederate flags are flying around at these things. Because I'm not tuned in. Like I said, yeah, I can't watch 3,600 left turns over four and five hours. I just cannot do it. You want to get me on the last 10 laps? That's fine. But they're actually showing the race at that time. They're not showing you all the cars going around in circles. So
1: I have gone to, I've told you, I've been to a 1,000 NASCAR races. I've done my show at 100 of them, right? And uh, here's the funny thing. I never once, ever, I'm not even kidding, remember, I don't remember watching one lap ever. And I was at a thousand races. I have been to a thousand NASCAR races in the infield and I have been absolutely inebriated at like 80 to 90 percent of them. Right. So I went for all my years of partying. Right. I went to NASCAR races and did the show and I had a great relationship with them and they would bring me in there and I do shows. Haro's even done shows with me. So uh, here's the deal. I would drink like a fish at these parties. I mean, it was like the greatest party. I mean, nudity, sex, people running naked, parties, hot tubs, barbecue, like you've never in your life even tried to emulate. I mean, their barbecue parties at these things are just absolutely delicious, outrageous. They make tailgates at at college football games look like mistakes. And I'm in there uh, throwing down, like, I mean, gassed. And then I probably had about I don't know 5 7 years where I went there where I didn't drink and it sucked. I wanted to kill myself. Here's the deal. When I was there partying and going to those infield parties, I never watched one lap ever. I just I heard it. It was so loud. I wanted to honestly, I wanted to stick a gun in my mouth. It was so loud. You have to go with earplugs. You have to go with uh you know the uh covers for your ears whatever you want to call them headsets everyone's got something where they're trying to block it out because if you go without a like earplugs or whatever, you're going to go home injured. You'll have, like, eardrum injuries. You'll be, like, I, seeing things for a week. When you go to bed at night after a NASCAR race, if you have been next to the track, next to the pits, and you don't have that stuff in your head, you are going to have hearing loss, hearing <laughs> humming in your ears, ringing in your ears. You're going to have headaches, the whole deal. It's no joke. So I never watched one lap, and I've been to a 1,000 races. I could care less about it, but I know this. <laughs> I said the simplest thing to get rid of racism in, in that sport is to get rid of that Confederate flag. And then when I saw it tonight, like thousands of them flying in the wind, and you had to, what, approach those people to tell them to take their flag down? You They'd literally shoot you right in your face right when you're standing right in front of you.
2: I mean, They'll it shouldn't be a right problem right now. now. Isn't there no fans at these races right now? There's no fans at the races.
1: And don't ruin my
2: uh, oh, but I'm, I'm saying, like, all this Am stuff I'm has come up. It, with Bubba Wallace the last couple of days, and with Keselowski and all this, like they're all so talking about it. But there's no fans there right now. Like tomorrow night, they're racing again. I mean, they're racing every like Sunday and Wednesday. It seems like like there's gonna be nobody at Martinsville tomorrow night, Unless, are they, are the pits raising the Confederate flags? Do a couple of drivers have them up in their pits? I mean, where where are they seeing these flags right now?
1: Who has more events, the NASCAR or the UFC? It's, it's very <laughs> close. It's really close.
2: But I'm Just you. <laughs>
1: We need an over undercover high on the amount of, uh, you know, UFC fights per, like, didn't they announce four more today on, on Ferella? Yeah. Pharrell- Island in in Abu Dhabi. All right, let me, um, but here's the deal. NASCAR has a race every two days, but like, I don't get into the whole Xfinity is like the lower level, right? It's like the minor leagues and then they've got truck racing and all this other stuff, but the main circuit is the the Cup, right, series, where they race. uh, That's the final race of the weekend. That's the big money race. That's where the big names are making the big money, and uh, if you want to call it that, as if anybody cares anymore, but like, you're right. No fans, so they can't do it now. But when, trust me, when they go back to full fans and there's, you know, hypothetically, a hundred thousand people in that infield throwing down in RVs and in campers and in trucks and in cars and in barbecue parties and and in literal mosh pits and booze, flowing festivals. I mean, like more booze. You know, you've seen Oxford and in college football and people like, man, I got to tell you that Grove down there, they got the biggest party you've ever been to in your life with a bunch of preppy people with nice collared shirts on. Man, can they drink? Let me tell you something. You think you can drink? Go to Dega in the spring and find out how amateur hour you are. What you are is a bunch of preppies with your little uh, slacks on and your flip-flops. And then you go to uh, that NASCAR race. You see a few boys with uh, numbers uh, literally shaved into their back hair with no teeth and a bottle of Jack drinking it like it's water. We'll see how much of a man you are. I'm trying to start a, I'm start, trying to start a fight between these people. Anyway, can I get John in Buffalo on the show? Can we get him on tonight? He's like the ringer. You're the ringer, John. You're the first guy on, buddy. You're the man. Pour him a drink, even though they've shut down my taps in the Forella Pub. It's it's a, it's a mockery. It's first a criminal. Off, it should be a felony.
2: First off, the young gun was a Talladega baby, wasn't he? So you know anything happens there.
1: I did have a baby at Talladega. I got 34C. I knocked her up in the back of an Eddie Bauer Ford Expedition. Uh, I had it was 100 degrees outside. Everyone had body odor. And I had massive sex. And I just chicks dig me. And at that time, I was like, let's go. Let's go into the Eddie Bauer and, and get out of this heat. And I'm going to show you a thing or two of my magic with the air conditioning on. And it was on. And then literally nine months to the day, a kid popped out. It's an okay, unbelievable man, story. I have to by it. Yeah, I'm really hyped. You're taking calls again. I'm
2: really hyped. You're gone from LoserCom, man. It's been a long time coming.
1: You're telling me that's a great thing that you. I mean, this guy knows how to hit all the veins. It didn't take him long to find a vein, did it? Carver, hi. Did you hear him drop the loser com <laughs> reference?
2: That's a nice play by John and Buffalo right there.
1: <laughs> power play goal right there. Uh, seven, seven seconds into the power play. That's like a right <laughs> score right off the draw right there with the loser com we got, comment we
2: got that trick. anyway i mean i wanted to ask about a coronavirus attendance question so i've been trying to figure this out in my head
1: what league do you think will be the most damaged from having
2: no crowd personally i think it's baseball they have no plan for what they're doing at least in
1: my opinion they've been riddled with attendance problems for years already what do you think you know, you're probably right. I, I'm not going to argue with it because, like, I can watch a Marlins game and see that no one goes to baseball games already. You can watch the Rays. They got a great team, right, and and no one goes to the games. Uh, and here's the uh, news, you know, headline, re- Revelation Time. No one's ever going to go down there. The only time they ever go to see the Marlins play is if they're in the World Series, if they bought their way into the World Series, which they did in um, – 97 and in uh, 2003. I was there in 2003. People never went to the games. I had my own section in left field, the pharrell section. 500 seats full every night with homeless people, drunks, drug addicts, you name it. And everyone had the time of their life. And the rest of the stadium was literally as naked as a strip club, right? And then, you know, the bottom line is they made it to the World Series. Then you go to the World Series, what happens? 75,000 people there every day, poser just complete posers, Uh, fake wannabe poser fans showed up for the World Series. Of course they did. They showed up for the wild card games. Anytime there's like a playoff or a a championship, all the, you know, bandwagon city, man, they all come out of the woodwork. They're like cockroaches in your kitchen in Florida. uh, At 3 in the morning when you go in to get water and turn the light on, they go scurrying. So, uh, you know, baseball's got its own attendance problems because uh, it's boring. You know, uh, I've said this before, and I'll just keep saying it until someone believes me. I can pass out watching a baseball game faster than I can eat two Ambien's and be out cold like Elvis. Honestly, all I have to do is turn on the Yankees. Two innings later, I'm out cold. I don't care who the announcers are. I don't care if it's on TV or radio. I don't care if it's a Sunday or a Tuesday. Two minutes, like, they're in the second inning. Two minutes later, I'm done. I'm out cold. I'm literally it's like morphine watching baseball. It really is. I used to I went to a game at Yankee Stadium. I swear to God. Carver he hates hearing this because he knows I'm a Yankee fan and a pirate fan. Let's just be honest. I grew up in Pittsburgh my whole life. So I go to Yankee games. I like the Yankees and I go a lot. I used to go a ton. Right. And then I've always said I never liked the new Yankee Stadium. I like the old one. And at the old one, it smelled right. It was so iconic and so legendary. And so like the ghosts were in Yankee Stadium. You went, and it was like a religious experience, and it smelled like a baseball stadium. It smelled 100 years old, the whole deal. Then you go to this new one, and it smells like those pink urine chips in the men's header, and it's so antiseptic. I'm at the game. I'm in a luxury suite. I swear to God, I got 10 people with me. I'm in the Matsui number 55 suite. Everybody's having the time of their life. I'm sitting out in the seats in the suite, you know, like, like the two rows for the rich people, and I was there at first inning. Bottom of the first, like uh, literally Jeter walking up to the plate. I'm out cold. I am out cold. I wasn't even drunk or high. I was sober. I was sleeping. I'm at the game. I was. I was like, this is the greatest. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of my life. I'm gonna sleep here for a couple hours because I worked, uh, uh, you know, bizarre hours, late night hours, whatever. I never sleep. And then like Harvard, I, you never sleep, so I go to a Yankee game. I'm there. I'm like, you know, this is kind of comfortable. <laughs> I go, I'm just gonna close my eyes here and fall asleep because baseball sucks. That's why I go to the game and I fall asleep because it sucks. I go to a I don't hockey disagree
2: game I, with you. I don't disagree <laughs> with you on the new I don't disagree with you on the new stadium. I know you said that, I hate hearing it. I don't. I, I love
1: the old stadium compared to the old the new one.
2: No doubt about well,
1: of it. Of course. Have you ever, like, you're not old, you're 40, whatever, uh, but you're not uh, passing out yet, like watching Yankee games in your house, like in the, it, you have like a like Carver High chair at the new house, like your own, like, king throne chair or sofa that you're accustomed to? I,
2: I do kind of have one, but it's not really, like, I don't come down here to the basement very often, I'm going, I've been spending so much time down here the last three months now, I guess when there's games again, this is where I'll watch the games, but Uh, I do have a little area like that, yeah.
1: Pass out? Do you pass out? Is John still on there from Buffalo, or did he give up? No, he gave up. Oh, he gave up. Well, then you speak for him. Do you pass out watching Yankee games?
2: Depending on the situation, yes, it can happen.
1: Listen, you uh, – let's catch people up on you a little bit here. You – so I got 40, 30, 20, 10. It doesn't matter because you know what I got on you? I got another hour. So I'm going to get to the bottom of this, whether I got 10 seconds left or I got an hour. Okay, so you never sleep. Carver High is the busiest father ever. And when you watch him on camera suffering through this stuff, it, it you get an appreciation for the guy that he never sleeps. He sleeps for three hours a day. Seven days a week, twenty-one hours a week he gets, and meanwhile your fat ass is rocking eight to nine hours a night. You lazy fat ass! I never sleep. He's a man's man. Passes out on Sundays. All right for all on a bench. Uh, just so you know, like I'll, I'll go shoot hoops right uh, every day for like whatever an hour or something. I'll shoot a thousand jumpers, and then I uh, I listen to heavy metal music when I do it, and I behave poorly, and uh. I can just dagger from anywhere, just literally from anywhere I can dagger. And I'm just like doing all kinds of crazy stuff, step backs from all over the place. I was hitting, I played outside with a bunch of dudes and brothers on a Saturday in 90 degree heat. And I was dropping step back, dagger, 20 footers, just step back from like 17 to 20 and just daggering and soaking wet, sweating. I scored so many points. I literally in between games was drinking coffee while everyone else was pouring water on their faces and heads. I was drinking coffee like I was at McDonald's or something. I'm surprised I didn't have a bagel or like, you know, like a egg McMuffin or something while I was lighting people up. I have to say, though, Carver High, I have to go back to this because I really don't have a whole lot of time. I did want to get into this again. You never sleep. You uh, So somebody said, like, Harbor High doesn't like his gig. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that who said, he. Uh, who said
2: that? Who said I don't I'm like my
1: you know, gig? No. So when I was at CBS, people would say, "Don't go near him. He's grumpy." And oh, I'd that's go, different. You're like, talking Chris about at
2: CBS. Was, at CBS, that's different.
1: So at CBS, they'd see all like, uh, "Don't go near him. He he's he's like a pit bull," and I was like. They're like, he doesn't like his job or something. I was like, nah, it's not that. And they're like, well, what is it? Why is he so mean?
2: There was a lot of factors.
1: He hasn't slept in five years. Like, uh, you Mm -hmm. literally, you babysit, and you literally, that chick, Olivia, is like, she is Ray Lewis. She's a monster. She is a number one draft pick. I draft her in first round, first pick. Now, Even if she wasn't going to sign, and she was going to go to the NFL, and she was a baseball player, I'd still sign her. I'd still draft her. I'd I'd draft her just to have her say no to me. That's how rowdy she is. And the guy never sleeps. The guy never sleeps.
3: So he's not grumped. He's just tired. He needs to watch...